Let me just get into this uh, message here with you. Let me introduce myself. Uh, I know we have lots of guests. Every Sunday, many guests come for the very first time. We're delighted. We're thrilled, thrilled that you're here. God bless you. It's not an accident that you're here. We've been waiting on you. We've been preparing for you. We want you to know that God loves you and he has a plan, an amazing plan for your life. I'm Danny. I've been the pastor here for about eight years, a little over eight years. That was me up there baptizing those two. Uh, so grateful for those who, who come and, and they have accepted Christ and their next step is to obey Christ in believer's baptism. So Delia, God bless you. And Ethan, I'm so proud of y'all and your walk with the Lord. And I'm as equally proud of Teresa and Carice for coming alongside and discipling Delia in her new relationship with the Lord. And I'm telling you, Ethan, you're so blessed to have parents like Ravi uh, and, and, and Sheba. What a, what a blessed young man uh, you are. And uh, their oldest, their daughter, is about to go to Baylor, Sikkim Bears, and study. And so she wanted to see her brother get baptized. Come on now. Before she went to college in a couple of weeks. So what a great day it is. We're glad that you're here today. God bless you. I know you've been blessed. And so I'm going to read a passage of scripture for you and share a message about a lady, a Canaanite lady in the northwestern section of Israel, right there on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, she lives in a region called Tyre and Sidon, or you could pronounce it Tyre and Sidon. It's about 50 miles west, northwest of Jesus' headquarters in Capernaum. And so what we're doing here in 2018, for a lot of 2018 at Great Hills Baptist Church, we're studying the life of Christ, really. We're studying the way that Jesus Christ interacted with people, dialogued with people, the way he, the way he cared for people. And it's such a template, it's such a model for his people today that as Jesus Christ took the time to be inconvenienced, as he took the time to stop whatever he was doing in his busy day to help people, to love on people, he's showing us as his children, this is precisely the kind of life that he wants to live through us, that in our life and in our day, daily busy schedules of work and family and play and get up and do it all over again the next day, I mean, God wants us to slow down and to realize just how awesome he is and to let him live that awesome life through us so that we're able to touch the one, Amen. that one individual that God will put into our path. And again, thank you so much, church. You are just blowing me away by your faithfulness to God, your obedience to God as you write me these texts and these notes and these Facebooks and they, all these social media, they're coming to me and I'm reading them and I'm just blown away. By the way, you are just going after people and loving people and witnessing to people and, and it's really on your radar, just like it was on Jesus' radar. Who can I bless today? Not who will bless me, but who can I bless and encourage today? So Jesus, he's getting away from the busyness, all right? He's taken some time, many believe he's taken time just to get with the disciples and to rest. His popularity is just meteoric. It is just off the charts and people are wanting to see him. They're wanting to talk to him. They're, and they're just the throngs, the multitudes. So Jesus, he pulls his disciples away and they go. And I've been in Israel now a couple of times and it has some mountains and it has some tough terrain. And in order, in order for him to get out of Galilee into Tyre and Sidon, almost into the sea, the Mediterranean Sea. One writer I read this week said it would take, it was a circuitous route that would take weeks, if not months. So this is a long journey that Jesus is about to take. He sits there in a home and here she 
comes. Oh, my word. This lady is desperate. You ever been desperate? No, no, really. Have you, you ever been in a point in a place in your life when you're so discouraged, you're so hurt, or your loved one is so hurt that you would do anything? You would scale the highest mountain, you would cross the deepest sea, you would do everything in your power to ameliorate the situation, to help the situation, to introduce that person to the one who could help them. And so here she is, and she says, oh, Jesus. The Greek word here is she screamed. I'm doing it a, really a, a disservice. Can you imagine this lady so desperate? She sees Jesus from afar, and at the top of her voice and her lungs, she screams out at him. So much for your vacation, amen? So much for getting away and chilling out and resting with your disciples. And I want you to know what Jesus does and how he does it. Now, let me prepare you before I read this text. This is an, inter it's, I, I think it's in the top five of the most interesting biblical text in the gospels. Initially, you're gonna read it with me and you're gonna go, oh my, did Jesus say that? Did he do that? That was quite mean of him and it's not mean. So don't judge him, just, just hold on, all right, till we get through the text. But your initial reaction would go, oh, he, he said that, he did that? So there, there must be something going on here. So let me just be patient and calm and let me let the Lord speak to me through his word as Jesus interacts with the, the one. Whom the Son sets free. Oh, I'm free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Son. That song has just gotten all over me. Let, me. let me calm myself down and pray, all right? Would y'all pray with me? I'd rather calm down a fanatic than raise up a corpse, amen? So you got a fanatic for a preacher. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray for us and pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Would you pray with me, please? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're going to begin the sermon by reading the word of God. But first we want to pray, Father in heaven, thank you for letting us be here today. Thank you for, thank you for grace. God, I just can't get over the grace of God that would know me and still love me that would see all my sin and the rebellious heart that I have and still redeem me out of my lostness. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray for everybody here today, Lord, for blessings upon their life or really, Lord, more than blessings for a divine encounter with the God of heaven. Lord, there are many people, as I hear now, there's hundreds of people watching us online. And we're blessed. Lord, thank you for our online congregation, I guess we could call them. So bless them too. Lord, as we open your word, just, just speak to us, God. Lord, we're, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we're desperate for you. Lord, we, we want to be challenged and, and we want to grow today. Lord, remove the passivity, the mediocrity of our Christianity and give us a emblazoned, passionate, I mean a zealous relationship with you that would change us so much that now we can go and help others change. So Lord, be with us now as we read, as we preach. Do God, please do God what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people say, amen. amen. All right, here we go. So there's two places in the Bible where the story is shared. Uh, Mark 7 and Matthew 15. I've chosen the Matthew 15 text 
I call the sermon Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. You don't get that out of Matthew. You'll get that out of Mark's gospel, the name. But here we go. Let's read it. Then Jesus went out from there, probably Galilee, and he departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, Matthew's like, here she comes. Look out. And behold, a woman of Canaan. She came from that region and she cragazzo. Literally, church, that word means to scream. Scream. She screamed out to Jesus saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. This Canaanite, Syrophoenician Gentile woman <laughs> recognizes Jesus Christ for who he is the son of David. Now, by the way, that is a, a code word for the Messiah. You are the son of David, the Messiah. My daughter now is not just demon possessed. She got a bunch of them. She's severely demon possessed. But he answered her, not a word. <laughs> Y'all okay? Now, when I first read that, I was like, oh, my goodness. She's screaming, and Jesus is silent. I know it wasn't that he did not hear her. <laughs> she clearly heard. The whole region heard her. So why is he? Why is he silent to you right now? Why doesn't God just come right now, right now, and help your marriage? to help your grieving heart, overcome your depression. Why doesn't he do it right now? Why does God wait? Why does he wait? We're going to talk about that. There's absolutely a reason, many reasons for it. But he answered her not a word. So the disciples, bless their heart, they come and help, but they really hurt. His disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. Goodness. She... I'm going to interpret this. She just bo she's bothering us. And I don't want her to bother you, Jesus. Just do what she wants you to do. Heal their daughter, whatever it is that's bothering her. Just get her out of here because she's loud. Now, don't be too judgmental. Don't we do the same thing? People get on our nerves. People inconvenience us. People interrupt our vacation. People would say things they should say. And we're like, Lord, just take care of them. Just, just, just remove them from the situation. And don't you just love the Bible? The Bible just exposes everything. It tells, that, that's why the Bible, I know the Bible is God's word because it doesn't try to doctor it up or to make it fancy. It's just guttural, it's just raw. It is what it is because it's truth. Amen. But Jesus answered and said, <laughs> I, was not, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you're, you're a Gentile. I came for the, for the Jewish people first. And she said to him, Lord, Lord, help me. Help. But he answered and he said, you know, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's not in the Bible. That's not in my Bible. What version is that? Is that the is that the living message, whatever version? No, that's just, that's what it says. First, he ignored her. Second, he said, I didn't really come for you. Now, thirdly, he's saying, you're, you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. 
there's got to be some method to the, and there is. Just stay with it, stay with him. Let me ask you something. If God does something strange to you and you don't understand, just based on his record, can't you trust him? <laughs> can't, can't, you, can't you trust him when you don't understand him initially? He's being hard, he's not listening, he's making me wait, no, 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 I'm getting mad. Can't, can't you? See, this, this whole story is there for her. But oh, people of God, listen, it's there for you too. So she said, yes, Lord. In other words, I know I'm a Gentile. I'm a Syrophoenician Canaanite woman. I'm the arch enemy of the people of Israel. I know who I am. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, oh, my, my, my. Oh, only used two times in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew. Is that really a word? Oh, it's a word. Oh, oh, he said, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Now let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at this text and I, I call point number one in your outline or maybe you're looking at it on the app, uh, the GHBC app. It is a textual study and there's a lot in this text and I've tried to interpret it for you in the public reading of the Word of God. I'm going to go back through uh, and, and share some more tidbits of information for you to kind of help you uh, grapple with this text. One of the reasons why I chose this text, I couldn't choose all 50. I guess I could, but I didn't choose all 50 evangelistic encounters of Christ in the New Testament, but I did choose this one. And the reason why I wanted to choose this one is the same reason I want to look at the rich young ruler because they're hard texts. You have to grapple and wrestle with the text. And I know what some of you are thinking, excuse me, preacher, I grapple and wrestle enough in the world. When I come to church, I don't want to be wrestling and grappling and I don't want to be thinking too hard. I don't make me think too hard. We, we, we need to think deeply so we can live largely. And if we don't think deeply, if we don't go deep into the Word of God and, and get those nutrients and, and to be built on that solid foundation, then when we go out there where it's really happening in the world and the wind blows and the, and the storms come, instead of toppling over, we stand erect. We stand up tall because we are deep in God's Word. Not for erudition, not for scholarship, not for academia, not for people to say, well, we are the intellectual church there on Jollyville. No, not at all. But we love God. We love His Word. And when the storms come, we want to be found faithful to God. That's why I teach you the way I teach you. That's why I study the Word of God hard with you. That's why I want to challenge you to grow deep in your faith. Because I don't want you falling away. I don't want you doubting because the storms come. God wants his people to be strong so that we can reflect his glory and we can be an example to others to say, if he can do it for me, I know he can do it for you. The second thing I want to look at, and I'll spend more time, is just some, some points of application, some things that we can extract, extrapolate from this text and by God's Holy Spirit We'll let him massage our spirits with the truth of the Word of God. Now, some of the things I'm going to share today, they're hard. I mean, uh, they're, they're difficult, but just, just hang in there and wrestle with it because I know, I know you're going to come out better on the other side. 
Okay, so we've looked at where they are, where this happens. It's in Tyre, Sidon. It's an interesting place because the god of the Syrophoenicians was a goddess lady by the name of Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth was Baal's female counterpart. Baal, the god of nature, the god of agricultural, the god that the Canaanites worshiped for millennium, millennia, excuse me. His cohort or his partner was this Ashtaroth and she was the goddess of, you ready for this? Beauty. She was the goddess of beauty. And so Jesus goes to where the people are worshiping the Ashtaroth or the Astarte, A-S-T-A-R-T-E, Ashtaroth, the God of, of beauty. One writer puts it like this, the worship of beauty had become the worship of everything thought desirable within human personality of which life was capable. All that is undoubtedly suggested by the declaration of Matthew when he says, or when Mark says, that this woman is a Syrophoenician. People's, their spiritual radar goes up. They goes, well, we know who her God is. It's the God of adornment, the God of beauty, beauty personally, beauty in nature, everything that is beautiful, we will worship that. Does that sound familiar, by the way? And Jesus comes in and the kragazzo, the scream, the desperation, the agony, the pathos, the ethos. <laughs> Here's what she's saying. I need a God more powerful than beauty. My daughter is so spiritually bankrupt and tormented by these demons, the Ashtaroth and the Asarte and the Baals of this world, they are not capable, they are not powerful enough, but I've heard about you. I've heard about you in the distance of Galilee and I've heard your stories and I believe that you are who you say you are, son of God, son of David, oh Lord, come and help me. She's desperate, gods of beauty, gods of nature, multiplicity, pantheon of gods and we've got them. India has 330 million gods and goddesses. But there's one God who created heaven and earth, who raised his son from the dead and wrote a book, and this is the God that's gonna help her. But Jesus did not answer her immediately. You say, why did he do that? Well, there's a method here. There, Jesus is testing her, and he's testing them. School was all, always in session for the disciples. Jesus is watching their reaction and they're perturbed. They're upset. They're like, lady, hush. Jesus, just, just let her go. We're here to rest. Jesus, you need to rest. So Jesus is just quiet. There's power in silence. And there's much education to be learned in waiting. Wait, woman. I hear you, but I want to listen to what you do next, and I want to see how these guys are going to react to you. Verse 24, Jesus tells her after he does break the silence, he says, I've not come but except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
And we see this in other places in the Bible because of his humanity. He's fully God, but he's also fully human and he is physically limited. He cannot be omnipresent as he is in this situation, right? Jesus is in one place at a time. His focus is to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember what, remember what Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everybody who believes to the Jew first. And then for us, for the Greeks. You say, well, I don't really know if I like that or not. It don't matter. <laughs> you don't get a vote on that. It's, it's just God's plan comes to the Jews first. And, and Jesus said, I've, I've come for them first. And this lady, man, does she not pass the test with flying colors? She demonstrates her faith. The Bible says she worshiped him. In verse 25, that's in the imperfect tense in the Greek New Testament. You know what that means? That means continuous action in past time. She kept on worshiping, bowing, pleading, begging. Yes, Jesus, but please, please help me. And then here comes the dog talk. Now, Terry used the illustration of Bo. I miss Bo. I remember Bo. That was one cool customer. Now, when the Bible is using dogs here, it's not using the, the mangy dogs that roam the streets. This is the word, the Greek word for pets, okay? And, and it's not lost on her. She, she gets this. She's brilliant. She's bright. She's passing the test, by the way, guys, with flying colors. And in Jesus' treatment of her, he, is, he knows this is going to be a broader audience because he wants us to listen. He wants us to hear that as he is dealing with her, he will deal with you this way sometimes. He will deal with me this way sometimes. He will be quiet. He will say hard things. Will we abandon? Will we leave? Or will we worship? One of the quotes I came across in my study, this, this helped me tremendously this week. And I want to share this with you. In verse 26, when Jesus is talking to her about the little dogs and I'll hear, listen to this quote. I can, it's so good. I just got to read it for you. And this is from an older um, commentary. William Barclay says these words, we can be quite sure that the smile on Jesus' face and the compassion in his eyes robbed the words of all insult and bitterness. Did y'all get that? It's imperative that you get this. I'm in Matthew 15. And I'm in verse 26, and I really, really hope you get this, because Jesus answered and said, and Barclay is absolutely right, with a twinkle in his eye, with a smile on his brow, when he said, but you know, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs now, is it? I mean, y'all are with me. There's some, I don't say he's playing with her, but, but it's not lost on her. We, we weren't there. We, we can't see the smile. We can't see the twinkle in his eye. And if we're not careful, we'll read this and then we'll start judging Jesus. And we don't need to judge Jesus. Jesus is right. You know, in fact, I, I finished reading a book the other day. It's called, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you the name of it because you'll judge it, probably not read it. But anyhow, it's written by an FBI hostage negotiator named Chris Voss. 
Well, I'll just look it up on Google while you're preaching. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's called Never Split the Difference. I know it's kind of a strange title. You're talking about when you negotiate, split the difference. He said, never split the difference. Well, anyhow, he no longer is a FBI hostage negotiator. He's a, he writes and he travels, Chris Voss. And he has a statement in his book that, that helped me, a very secular book, by the way, but it helped me understand this text. He said, there's a UCLA a professor years ago did a study and I, I got his name in my notes. I can't pronounce it, but just, it's a guy, smart guy, did a study, UCLA. And he called it the 73855 principle. You may want to jot this down because this, this is really, really helpful, especially if you have a job where you deal with people. <laughs> so I deal with my computer all day. Well, you don't, you don't need it. But if you deal with people, then you're going to listen. I hope you listen to this. 73855 principle, UCLA professor came up with this in his study and Chris Voss quotes it when he says 7% of what we say to people is what we say to people. In other words, when I'm speaking to you, you are going to judge what I say as a speaker and only 7% of what I actually say is what you're going to listen and judge me by. The other 38% is the tone of my voice. 38% of a speaker is judged by the tone of his voice. If I come across as just, just, just really caustic and, and bitter and angry and mean, you're, you're judging me with that. If I come across as light and, and, and happy and, and gleeful, then you're judging me for that. 55% of what we say is heard, and here's, here's how it's heard, through facial expression and bodily language facial expression and bodily language. Now, if you apply that to our text, we're only getting 7%. We, we can't see the 38% of, of, of the tone or the 55% of Jesus' body language and, and his face. And, and so let me just say this to you guys. Jesus is not being mean at all. He's helping her. He's, he's playing with her just a little bit. And the disciples, I'm about to there just going, what? What's going on here? We thought he ought to leave her and now he keeps her. And my word, we're learning a lot from her. Bingo, boys. Bingo, you got it. That's why the story's in the Bible, so we can learn. But you say, but he said woman, and I don't like that. He called her woman. You know who else he called woman in the Bible? His mom. And the sun sets free. <laughs> Set us free, oh God. Woman. It's compassionate. Because he's about to give her the truth. And he does say, I have come first for Israel, and he did. But just like we looked at last week, that centurion was not an Israelite, was he? No, he was a Roman Gentile. And God did an amazing work in his life, in the life of his servant. The apostle Paul, the greatest of all the missionaries, theologians, he said, I'm coming, here I come, not only to the Jews first, but in fact, I have been appointed as an apostle to the Gentiles. There are four things, I'm, I'm, oh goodness, time, 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 time. 
time gets away from us, but let, let me share these four things with you. And I, I really pray that they help you. Number one, divine delays did not mean divine indifference. Divine silence and delay do not mean that God's angry or that God's mad at you. It could be that God is working a greater work in you. And if he were to answer you immediately, you would miss it. Or if God were to answer you immediately, you would not appreciate it. So divine delays or silence never means that God is mad or God's angry at you. It's just that God is doing a greater work in your life. If, if you have the spiritual wherewithal to hang in there, stay with him and not abandon him. You know, Romans 8, 28 still in the Bible. Aren't you glad? You say, well, what in the world does Romans 8, 28 say, Brother Danny? It says something like this. And we know that all things work together for, say it with me, good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, all things, what does that mean in the Greek? All things. That's, that's what it means. Everything, God can take it and God can use it for our good. So there's no need to be bitter. There's no need to be angry. There's no need to jettison your faith. There's no need to divorce your spouse. There's no need for that. Hang in there. God is at work. You just got to hang in there. Amen. Divine delays do not mean divine indifference. Number two, deal with everybody differently. And Jesus has given us some amazing teaching here. This woman, he doesn't deal with anybody like this. He doesn't, he doesn't answer her. And when he does answer her, he talks about, well, I didn't come for you. And then when he follows that up with, we know the little dogs and oh my, what is going on here? Well, we know there's much more to this than what meets the eye. But what I, what I learned from this is when I deal with people, I'm, I'm not a cookie cutter Christian. I don't share the gospel with every person the same way. And as we're, as we're walking in the spirit, as we're listening to God, he will bring up analogies. He will bring up gospel presentations. He will, he will guide us in the moment. And Jesus gives us a beautiful model. Everybody's different. And, and, and so be sensitive as the Holy Spirit leads you as Jesus is modeled for us. Number three, determination and perseverance are always rewarded. They're always rewarded. Let me tell you something, guys. This lady, let me give you a good word about this lady. This lady had wit and she had grit. <laughs> no, you say, don't associate grit with women. I'm going to say it. This woman had wit and she had some grit, some fortitude. I mean, she had some steel in her backbone. She would not let up. She's like Jacob of old. I'm going to wrestle you, God, until you bless me. I'm not leaving. I'm hanging in there. And Jesus, I just see him smiling, going, you got it. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Right answer. Faith. Amen. You're determined. You're not going to get, what, what if she had done this? Oh, Jesus, son of God, help me. And Jesus was just quiet. And she went like this. Just walk off. She would have missed all that is coming to her. Hey, spider, what's up? <laughs> That's it. 
That's a good spider. A dead spider. Um, man, y'all, that was distracting. That thing was running after me. He was coming, so I had to kill him. Um, there's a story told of a man by the name of Darby. Darby was uh, on the East Coast. He, he went to the West Coast during the gold rush. And he was going to make it rich. He was going to find him a gold mine, dig up the gold, and become a gazillionaire. And it looked like that's what was going to happen. He made his way out there. He purchased a mine. He began to dig, and he struck gold immediately. And they were like, wow. So he's hiring more and more people to dig, to dig, dig more and more. And they, they began to prosper. He's buying all this machinery, all this equipment. Now, machinery in the gold rush is not jackhammers and, you know, bulldozer stuff. Just, just stay with me. But it stopped. It seemed like as, as good as it was going, everything just stopped. And he dug, dug, and dug, kept digging. He was like, well, boys, ain't no more gold in this mountain. So we got to go find us another one. So he took his machines and his his tools is a better word. And he sold it to a guy, a local guy, and they just called him the junk man in the story. And I've read the story multiple places. They call him the junk man. And the junk man, he paid a price for the tools. And then when Darby left to go back on the East Coast, and by the way, he did well on the East Coast. He got into insurance business and did, made a fortune doing that. But he sold his material to the junk man and the junk man hired an engineer. He said, I, I think there's still gold in this mountain. I think they left too quick. So the engineer came and he did his study. He did his analysis and he came back to the junk man and he said, three feet. Had they dug three more feet, they would have hit one of the largest gold veins in this mountain. Three feet. Quit too soon. I'm afraid this is, this is the epidemic in America. We quit way too soon. If my marriage is not going like it should be and find out she's human being after all, not an angel, then I need to start looking for somebody else. It's going to meet my needs, take care of me. My church... Well, goodness, that church, I tell you what, that church, you know, blah, blah, and this and that, and that, and that. Oh, I think it's about time, honey. Don't you think it's about time? We go find us another church. Oh, this job, this job's wearing me out. Goodness gracious, Lord, could you give me another job? These people are just, I just think I'll just go, had to get me another, another job. And I see this over and over and over. But I see this woman, her determination, her grit, her fortitude, her perseverance. She stays with the stuff and she's enormously blessed. Don't give up. The last thing I want to share with you is this. Jesus always responds to faith. He loves it when we trust in him. You notice at the end of the text, the Bible says, and when Jesus saw her, what? He didn't say her wit. He did not say her very high-pitched soprano voice. Woo, man, you can hear her from miles around. No. He didn't say, and when he saw her, even her perseverance. No. When he saw that she really genuinely just, just believed in him, 
then Jesus said, it's going to be granted to you. God bless you and your demon-possessed daughter absolutely healed. And it's the same thing for us. When we trust in God and when we hang in there, even when times are tough and we pass the test and we get over the divine delay and we just, we just hang in there, watch the blessings come. And and they come. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I, I admire this woman. Can I say with you, I admire her too. She recognized Jesus for who he was. Do you recognize Jesus for who he is? She said, you are the Lord. You are the son of David. You are the Messiah. You are the king. I'm, I'm, I'm yours. I'm worshiping you. Would you do that today? This lady did this in the midst of a horrific situation. She was desperate, but her gods of beauty and her gods of pleasure could not heal her sick daughter. She knew there had to be more. She saw Jesus. She believed in Jesus. Will you believe in Jesus? Hey, let me ask you this. What do you got to lose? <laughs> you tried everything else. <laughs> you tried everybody else. Science. Hinduism, Buddhism, Mormonism, all the other isms. You, you tried all of that. Why don't you try Jesus? No, well, I tried him before he didn't work. Hold on, hold on just a second. Did you really believe? Did you really say, here's my life and I give you my life and I trust in you to be my king. Some of you need to do that today. You're listening online. God bless you. You need to do this. Some of you here today need to say yes to the Lord. And that's your step. That's your, that's your first step is into the kingdom of God. Your next step would be going to the baptism. And just like those precious people in that baptistry today, they're like, man, we're here. We're not ashamed. We're going vocal. We're going public with Christ. Our old life is washed away. We have a new life. Jesus died. He arose from the dead. I believe it all. I'm committed. I'm all in, as the singer says on the radio. I'm going all in, head first to the deep end. Can't remember the guy's name, but I like his song. <laughs> All in. Help me. Not Stephen Curtis Chapman. Matthew West. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You get a prize. But when you go all in, you go all in the water, <laughs> go all in Christ. Yes, it's good. God will bless you. Some of you, and it's so sweet to see many this morning, uh, I don't know, three or four couples come into our Discover Great Hills class. That's their next step. They're like, hey, this is the church. This is where God wants me. I'm going to come into this class. I want to learn about this church. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to serve. I'm going to build relationships. Man, I'm in. And that's your step. But some of you today, and I just got to close with this, and I just, I just got to be transparent with you. And then I'm going to pray, and I thank you for your patience. But here, here's something I believe the Holy Spirit really wants me to say. And I'm really not sure how I'm going to say it. Don't be mad at God. Don't be mad at God. Don't be offended at Jesus. Don't be angry because you feel like he has not answered your prayer. If one thing I know, God is good all the time.
and all the time. God is good. Don't be mad. Don't be mad at God. He loves you. He hears you. Now, I know sometimes he does some strange things. I'm not joking. And I really wish, boom, he would answer me when I hurt immediately. He would heal my sick or my sickness or whatever it is. And, and here's the thing I think God's really want me to say. <laughs> it's hard. Maybe to the degree of the weight and the pain will be the degree of the blessing. Maybe the degree of the weight and the pain will be commensurate with the blessing. Father, we love you. We don't always understand you, but we do love you and we trust you. Lord, I'm praying today for people, come forward. Give their heart to you. Give their life to you. Trust in you. Be tenacious like this woman and, be, and, and just have faith. Lord, for somebody here today, God, who's hurt, they're hurt in their spirit. God, they won't admit it. They're, they're very faithful to church, but deep, deep down, Lord, they're angry. And it shows, Lord, it shows in their facial expression. It shows in the words that come out of their mouth. And Lord, I just pray that you would remove the anger and the hurt and the bitterness, God, with your, with your grace and with your love. Lord, we we need you. As Terry was talking about earlier, Lord, I'm, I'm, I relate to that dog so much. I, our human nature, Lord, we want to sin and we want to do things, God, that we know are not good and we know it's not the best. Lord, please forgive us. Please have mercy on us, God. Please restore us today so that we can go and live the life you've called us to live. Lord, we can pursue the one. Lord, thank you for pursuing this lady. Thank you for the way you treated her. Thank you for the smile. Thank you for the compassion. Thank you for the salvation. And now, Lord, help me do the same. Help our church, help Great Hills Baptist Church be that church, oh God. A church that seeks lost people, hurting people. And not only seek them and lead them to you, Jesus, but disciple them, to nurture them, to help them grow, 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 Lord. Help us be that church. Lord, we, we love you. Commit this invitation to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, what we're going to do now is we're, in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to invite you to come. You may have a heavy heart today. You may have a burden. You know what I found out, church? A burden that heavy, it sure is a lot less heavy when I share it with somebody else. You may want to come. Bring your burden. We got pastors up here now. We got deacons. We got staff. So let's all stand and let's just do business with the Lord today. Let's come. Let's, let's enter into his presence. Let's worship him and let's Let's talk to one another and let us pray. God bless you as you come.